Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. I am your host, as always, Daniel Tite. Uh, temporary team name so far, make Adams sure. Uh, big ups to any of you pop punk heads from the early 2000s who love their Taking Back Sunday. Uh, and today is one of my favorite uh, podcasts I get to do every year. Uh, is where I get to talk shit about everyone's drafts. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun this year. I think there was a lot of uh, things to talk shit about. Uh, and you know what? I feel like I bring him on every year to do this uh, post-mortem on the draft with me. Because I think we, we tend to see uh, the draft in a similar way. But we also, I think, butt heads in, in certain ways and have disagreements on players. Uh, so it's a joy to have this player back on the site right now. Uh, we've got Danny DiCarvalho here to break down the draft with me. What, what was the name of your team again, Danny? So the te- my te- I changed it to Trace, Trace Comas. Now, I don't understand I what that is. Okay, if you've never seen Silicon Valley, uh, Trez Comas, like Trez without the Y, so it's like three commas, and it's like uh, the three comma club, which means you're a billionaire. Oh, okay. <laughs> and like, there's this like extreme, there's this extreme like uh, over the top uh, douchebag rich guy that like creates like a tequila called Trace Comas. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I, I think I bailed on on uh, silicon valley before i got to that point so that's probably why it went over my head uh but you know what i'm not gonna talk smack because i referenced taking back sunday in my uh team name so i don't think i think yours is probably less obscure than mine <laughs> but except like mine i know when you read it, it looks like trey's comas like you like yeah i was like, like oh, a man, com- i didn't realize trey was going through <laughs> such uh, bad injury luck over there <laughs> yeah but um you know, I'm fine with that. But I also like I, I had to look yours up. I don't I, I don't I'm not that big of a pop punk head like you are. And I, I got the reference once I looked it up, but then even after I got the reference, I didn't connect the like the Adams piece in there. Yeah, I know I I, I still didn't understand what that meant. I mean it was just cause Adams I, I I couldn't think of any kind of uh, way to work any team name in there like the dam was adams but it was like hard to kind of make it fit i i've tried to make it more obvious now i've updated the uh the picture on my team i u- i went into paint shop and i put uh devonta adams profile where the lead singer's profile was so nice i was pretty impressed with my yeah I, I even saw that picture updated and i still didn't get it i'm <laughs> probably just dumb i didn't i didn't i didn't see adams in there but you know it's probably just me. I mean, I, I, if Victor still listens to the podcast, I'm sure he'll enjoy that. He and I are the only ones who probably will get a kick out of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the format for today's podcast, uh, you know, Danny, we've already talked about this. We're going to kind of go in ascending order based on uh, my rankings. Is us ascending, right, or descending? Going from worst to best. That's you want we're, we're going from worst, from to, worst best. to best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And from there, uh, you know, Danny's Danny and I have both made our own rankings uh, about uh, the draft here. We we actually have done quite a bit of mythology method me, me, what's not mythology. What's what's the word I'm looking methodology. for? Methodology. Methodology. There we go. We got there. That's right. <laughs> and uh, you know, we've kind of broken it down in different ways. Uh, and. and We'll, we'll see. I'll make mine publicly available. I don't know if Danny wants to make his publicly available. I won't speak for him. Um, but uh, I'll let you guys see how we kind of went about ranking these uh, different drafts here. Um, but Danny, why don't we start uh, at the bottom? Because both of us had the same guy uh, with the worst draft this year. 
and that was none other than Kimbert's team. Uh, Danny, what did you identify about Kimbert's team that you thought was just uh, ungood? So, yeah, so the way I, I went through ranking every team was kind of like I gave every position group a 1 to 10, um, and including like the depth that they had. And, and I didn't really pass number seven uh, on the scale for, for Kimbert. And the high, that was his highest at seven. So everything else he had was just like pretty average. I didn't see any great positional like strength anywhere um wide receiver was the strongest and even then it's like it's good but not elite uh in any way so i just and he didn't make it up with any other position group so he i didn't feel like he has any um really good strengths on his team which you know you can't say for a lot of the other teams yeah i think you know you highlighted his wide receivers there i think i'm honestly even lower on them than you might be like i think they're fine uh, I just, I don't see a top 12 guy there. And I mean, Allen and Robinson, I think should probably be top 24 guys. Um, but if you look at pretty much every other roster, uh, except for maybe one who we'll talk about later, I think every other roster has a top 12 wide receiver and then not having that depth there. Like in my, my rankings, what I did was I, I kind of went one to 12, uh, for each team at each position, kind of considering depth. Uh, so to my mind, Kimbert has the like you know does Kimbert have uh, average to above average wide receivers probably, but I think in comparison I have Kimbert with the second weakest wide receiver core there, uh, where the only moderate strength I have him in comparison to the other league uh, players uh, is Dallas Goddard has a tight end, and that just might be because I'm higher on Goddard uh, than you might be. Like did did you not have him? Uh, do you not have that as kind of like a highly ranked spot for him? <clears throat> I had Goddard at like uh, a six out of ten, and, and not because I don't like him, but just because I'm not sure of his role in the offense yet. Um, like, are they going to be a running team? Are all those passes going to go to AJ Brown? Um, there's there's a decent amount of question marks that I, I I know Goddard's talent is there, but it's hard to 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 say like this is a slam dunk tight end that's going to be great. So um, I gave him yeah like an, about an average. Uh, pick for tight end yeah i mean i'm there's hope in the running back core maybe that gibson is going to step up and kind of return to top 24 running back status uh now that he's going to have the lion's share of the touches probably in washington uh but we it's it's hard to talk about kimbert's team without you know really referencing the the really egregious decision to keep melvin gordon just like the absolutely boneheaded move uh on that front there so yeah, I, I agree with that. And not only that, uh, to to my benefit, like him not keeping Mike Williams in whatever the sixth or, or whatever it would have been, and then me drafting him in the third, like that that I think that would have should have been his pick, and I think that would have changed a lot on his team. Like that would have boosted his wide receivers a lot, and he could have gotten probably better value where Melvin Gordon got taken. Um, and, and I think that that. that Keeper definitely uh, crippled him a lot. That's, that's that's the danger for next year, Kimbert. So when you're when you're picking first next year, Kimbert, or maybe I guess picking fourth, um, make sure that you keep the right people in the following season, uh, so that we don't have this mistake again. Uh, and I have a little. Uh, I don't. I don't want to put Kimbert on blast, but he he did call me. Uh, uh, like two hours before the draft and asked me how keepers worked. He, he did the um, same to me too. <laughs> so um, I, I now it kind of explains why he chose Gordon. He probably didn't understand how they worked, but yeah, I feel like 
Timber, next time, just ask me before you choose your keepers. This is what I, I tell this to my students all the time. I'm like, don't come to me the day the assignment is due and ask me how to do it. Figure it out before. Yeah. I've given you the time and I've given you the resources. <laughs> but uh, Such an adult. Exactly. Uh, well, that's Kimbert's done. I don't know if we need to say anything more about him. Like, I, uh, you know, Mixon's a fine first-round keeper, I guess. Uh, you know, I think Alan Robinson has some potential to boom. But uh, otherwise, not much to write home about here. Uh, let's move on to... I have this gentleman ranked uh, 11th. Uh, Danny, you have him ranked 8th. Uh, and it's odd because this is a guy that it's it's rare to find him, I think, at the bottom of these uh, pre-draft rankings. Uh, but coming in at 11th, I have Taras uh, in his draft. I, there was a lot that I disliked about his draft. Uh, spe- namely, his running depth, ba- uh, his running back depth. I think uh, Dobbins as a running back, too, uh, is a dicey proposition because it seems like the team doesn't feel confident in his health. And then his third running back is Ken Walker, who's going to miss at least, it seems like, a few weeks here with a sports hernia or some kind of hernia. Uh, you know, Andrews has good positional value. He's the best tight end in football, I think. I think that's that's a great keeper in the third round. But there's a lot of red flags here for me for Taras's team. What, uh, what drove you to have him a little bit higher in your rankings there, Danny? I think the rankings that I did, they, they what pulled him up, was his tight end because like, having Andrews is pretty big and like he's a positional advantage in your flex and I feel like that is huge and then his wide receivers uh Diggs is really really good and then I actually really like St. Brown um and then some of the guys he has on his bench too like he has high upside rookies um engage like especially where he got him I like him so I, I don't mind his wide receivers at all, but like like you said, with his running backs, I think that that's definitely what pulled him down. Like I think I had him tied for the second worst core running back core, um, which you know sucks. But um, I, I do think uh, towards the end of the year, if Dobbin, Dobbins becomes healthy and, and Walker takes over, then then we might be looking at this team differently. This is true. It's just a matter of will will he have banked enough wins early in the season to make that light late season you know resurgence anything worthwhile i think i think the big difference between you and i might be on the wide receivers i have him as the third worst wide receiver core uh, out of the group because uh, i'm i'm pretty low on saint brown and as much as i like Thielen, like I, that dude has all the potential in the world i think to like you know in that minnesota offense to you know potentially put up high-end RB, like, wide receiver two numbers because we've seen him do it before when he's healthy. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of questions to ask about his health. And then just all the, the rookies in the mishmash down low, I just I couldn't help but feel like there was better ways of, of spending those picks. And as uh, he put in the uh, his team name, don't draft, don't, uh, don't drink and draft, I think that uh, might sum it up a little <laughs> bit there. Uh, any, do, you, do you see, I, I mean, you have him at eight, so you see him kind of fighting for a, a playoff spot. Uh, what do you think, you, you've already kind of outlined the best case scenario for him. What, what do you think is the worst case scenario for this team? Yeah, I mean, it, it could go pretty downhill. Uh, Dobbins never regains form. Walker doesn't take over. Uh, Brown takes a back seat once Jameson Williams comes in. Uh, Thielen takes a step back with age. So th- there is a decent amount of concerns on this team. Even Harris getting like a ton of work last year maybe can, breaks down a little bit this year. He's already started in the offseason with uh, I don't know, some kind of 
under the covers Liz Frank injury that he's recovering from. Um, so, so there's a decent amount of risk here. And, and that, I mean, I think that's probably playing into his ranking a little bit too. Yeah, that's, that, that feels about right to me. Uh, so then moving on to my 10th rated guy. Uh, this is another one we agree with. We're, we both kind of have him in the same tier. I have him 10th, you have him 11th. Uh, it's, it's, it's Mr. Electric himself. We got John's draft coming up here. Uh, for myself, I looked at his draft and I saw, obviously, you know, Kelsey, maybe a little rich at 1-8, but gives you good positional value because it's Travis Kelsey and tight ends can be kind of trash. Um, but then across the board, I, I have a lot of questions uh, about this roster. What, what, what do you think is the biggest question that John has on his roster? Yeah, I think that's unquestionably his running back's position. Like, like by far, I have him. I honestly, out of all of the gradings of any position for any team, he his running backs were the worst. Interesting. Um, so, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I think he has potential with some of his guys, but I just don't think that any of the guys that he has are going to be anything more than RB twos at best. So, and, th- and that's why I kind of gave him that really bad rating. I think I may have just died out there for a second. Did did you, did you, I, I don't think I finished your, uh, I heard the rest of your sentence there. I, I, sorry, I just said, like, I, I don't see any of his running backs being any more than RB2s, like, at best. So, I mean, he might have five guys that are startable, but I, I just don't see them, you know, helping him win any weeks at all yeah exactly like i look at i i have him as the second worst running back core but like i i his running backs are all like almost exclusively the running backs that are meant that have you know analysts call like dead zone running backs like all the guys that you basically want to stay away from as much as possible um and it's like is there a world where all like is there a world where Clyde, Harris, and Sanders all put up serviceable like RB2 numbers? I think there is. Is there also a world where Edwards doesn't get much sight of the red zone, that Harris has massive touchdown regression, and Sanders is just played off the field? I think that world exists just as realistically. Um, so yeah, real real danger, I think, at running back. And then at the wide receiver position, too. Like Hill and Evans make a very solid one-two punch. Again, I'm down on DK this year uh, just because of, obviously, uh, you know, the quarterback situation in Seattle. Um, And Matt Stafford, I think, is actually probably good value in the 10th round. Like, I think John's had good luck with that, plucking quarterbacks kind of from late in the draft, like taking those bets. And I think that'll turn out well. But, yeah, not a lot really to be excited about with this roster, I think. Yeah, I I think, like, I I don't blame him for taking Kelsey in the first round. Like, I think that positional value that Kelsey has. I like him as the best tight end this year, even over Andrews, just because I think uh, Baltimore will get back to running a little bit more. But uh, I don't blame him, but that kind of set him up uh, poorly, unfortunately, in the next few rounds. Like, he was forced to take those dead zone running backs, or else he literally would have done zero, had to go zero RB, and that might not, not have even ended up, like, it might have ended up worse. So, um Yeah. I, I kind of it's unfortunate the way that worked, and uh, I honestly think he he and you went touched this on another podcast, but he didn't really have any options for for keepers or other than Evans, right? He took Singletary because he's there at ADP, but I don't think anyone's excited to have Devin Singletary on their team. Um, so you know he's just gonna 
plot away this year. Hopefully he can scratch away a playoff berth, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, h- hindsight is twenty twenty. but when I, I look at that 4-5 the picks for him, and I look at what who was available, and if I ask you, like, would you rather have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and DK Metcalf, or would you rather have Deontay Johnson and Chase Edmonds? Like, which pair would you rather have? Because I think I lean the latter. Oh, yeah. Well, 100%. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to see the electricity that is DK Metcalf and pass him up. This is true. I mean, Deontay Johnson is like, I'm trying to think, he's just like a a low buzzing current, whereas DK Metcalf is a thunderstrike, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. So I I get it. So he's a very on brand. It's on brand, but it's wrong. (laughs) And so, I mean, that's how I think both of us feel about that. Both of us are projecting John to, to not make the playoffs here. Uh, or at least having the worst chance, one of the worst chances of making the playoffs. So, uh, shout out to John. Looking forward to having you on the pod so that you can defend your uh, garbage draft. Uh, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Um, going now to the just outside the playoff bubble. For me, this is a, a new tier of three guys that are going to be kind of fighting for the final playoff spots. Uh, Danny and I are pretty in lockstep on this one as well. I've got this guy at nine. Danny has him at ten. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, more dulled agent of chaos, uh, if you believe his name now. Uh, we're going to talk about Chris's draft here. Um, Danny, tell me what, uh, what, what soured you on Chris's draft? Uh, his strategy of taking like five running backs before he had like any decent wide receivers was, was shocking to me. Um, especially considering the, the, the running backs he was taking. Like, I, I think the guys that he ta- he's taking uh, can put up points. But but similar to what you said about you know analysts and, and and how they're viewing running backs, like a lot of his running backs outside of Barkley, I've heard a lot of question marks about. Um, and so I don't know. I know he has a lot of running backs, but I personally am not sold on on like guys like Jacobs and Montgomery and, and even Connor rep, uh, reproducing what he did last year. Um, and and running back is his strength. So if I'm not high on what is what should be considered his strength then uh i don't know if i could be high on his team overall that's fair like here's the thing like i actually am quite high on his running backs like i have him as the strongest running back core uh in our league right now like i think barkley and connor make a formidable one-two punch and even if one of montgomery or jacobs hits like that's far and away like the best third running back i think on any roster uh in the league my problem is the rest of his lineup, I think, is trash. Uh, I have him as the worst quarterback in our league. I have him having the worst wide receivers in our league. And I have him with a mid-tier tight end uh, in TJ Hawkinson. And I think just with... I just don't think there's enough strength anywhere else on the roster to make up for the running back strength he has. And maybe he's just hoping to, you know, wheel and deal again and turn some of these uh, running backs into gold. But that's a it's a high... High risk, maybe not even very high reward strategy. Yeah, I mean, though, there is a scenario where um, you know Michael Thomas returns to to maybe not one hundred percent of what he was, but even eighty percent, and he's you know borderline uh, mid WR one or back end WR one, and and I think that helps his team a lot just on that, right? Um, and, and I know we say Prescott technically is is, and I agree with you is is the worst QB in the league, I guess drafted, but. Prescott is still a very good quarterback. Like it, it, even fantasy, like he he's had really good years. He had an off year de- uh, last year, so 
I, I don't think he's he's in any way uh, in a bad position with his quarterback. So, um, you know, I have him pretty low, but there's still a lot of potential on his team. And and, and also knowing Chris, you know, his team is not going to be remotely the same by the time playoffs roll around anyways. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, I guess the way I did my rankings makes it sound a lot more dramatic to say that he has the weakest quarterback in the league. But, like, Prescott's probably in a tier along with guys like Brady and Stafford and Wilson uh, and, you know, potentially even Trey Lance, too. Like, I think those guys could all be kind of bundled together fairly close. Uh, and, I, and I did want to make that point, too, actually. I, I, you know, when I was talking with Nick on the pod last week, Nick mentioned how hard it was uh, to do these drafts because we all drafted really well. I think for the most part, actually, most of these drafts were pretty good, except for Kimbert. Um, but for the most part... Like, everyone, I think, made some pretty smart choices and did some smart things. Uh, and, I, you know, I felt pretty pushed and strained during the draft to try and uh, make up value in certain places. Uh, so well, even for all the shit that we are talking here, I do feel like everyone had a fairly good draft, uh, except for Kimbert. Uh, but uh, the, I, I do want to make that point. But, yeah, I think there's... I just really don't like Terry McLaurin. I think Marquise Brown is going to disappear in the second half of the year when Hopkins comes back. Uh, I, I I don't have a lot of faith in those wide receivers out there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think he can make a trade. He has enough running back depth, and I'm, I'm sure that'll happen at some point. You know, guys go down, and he'll be look, staring at everyone with all this stockpile of running backs, and, and he'll, he'll, someone yeah, will bite. Exactly. I, I'm trying to see like who who would make a good match for him in terms of like actually it might be our not our next guy I'll just maybe talk about a guy in a little bit who might pair well with Chris uh, but next on my list now we're into the playoffs the eighth ranked uh, drafted team in my tier uh, Danny one spot below at nine uh basically danny and i have the exact same guys in the bottom five essentially uh, i've got nick at number eight you've got nick at number nine uh Big takeaways from Nick's team. Uh, strong quarterback. Love the quarterback selection. Uh, and just generally kind of solid in comparison to the rest of the league. Like kind of mid-tier in most of his things. Weak tight end situation, I think, uh, with Dawson Knox. Um, but it's hard to be, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything to be too upset about with this roster. Like, what, what are you seeing with him? Yeah, I mostly agree with you. I think, I think... Uh... Uh, I yeah, like you said, obviously Herbert is a stud. Uh, I I like him up there with the best in the league. Um, I think why why I have him a little bit down on mine. I mean, relative to yours, you still have him at eight. But um, I'm not a fan of Knox personally and, and Gabe Davis. Um, you're out. You're out on what's going to be the most explosive offense in the league this year. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm probably going to eat my words, but um, I think both of them are going to have weeks, but. Uh, Gabe Davis, from what I've been looking and reading, is that he he is in an amazing situation. But as a player himself, like his individual metrics and route running and stuff, he's not really that great. Like if you look, uh, I've listened to podcasts where Matt Harmon is on. And I don't know if you know who he is. But he does like reception perception, so he like individually grades wide receivers, and he's he's not high on 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 Gabe Davis either. Um, so. Uh, that that's kind of like he's one of the guys that I, I really look forward to like seeing what his wide receiver values are and I think that that's kind of why I'm down on Davis um but but other than that uh, I think his running back core is actually sneaky good Agreed. um I, I actually should should write put him up in my rankings now that I'm looking at it because I didn't even notice he had Brees Hall on his bench um I mean Brees so that, Hall that should be on I his bench goes, but 
Agreed. But I I probably missed that. So I think that alone will, will bring his, his ranking a little bit up. Um, but yeah, I, I think he has a has a very good shot at making playoffs for sure and potentially um, contending. Maybe Gainwell is like a sneaky good pick there. I was really hoping he would make his way to me uh, out in, at the end of the ninth round. So I was pretty butthurt that he took him. Uh, and I, I do like a lot of those running backs. I think I only have him ranked kind of fifth in my or ranked seventh, rather, in my, my running back cores. I think I'm just, like, a little bit down on Brees Hall. Um, and, you know, Dylan needs, I think, probably an Aaron Jones injury to really become super, super relevant. Uh, but there's a lot of high upside. There's a there's a high floor and high upside, I think, uh, with his running back core out there. Uh, but I, I share the concerns with the wide receiver core with you as well. Uh, basically, I'm just looking at, like, four... WR2s. And I don't really see many guys that have a best case scenario of being a WR1. Like, could you convince me that Judy kind of becomes Wilson's favorite target and erupts and builds on his like draft pedigree? Maybe. Could you convince me that uh, Rashad Bateman shows out huge and then becomes like a favorite target? That's a harder one to convince me, but maybe. Like it's just I I don't see yeah. a, a lot of high upside with the the wide receivers, which scares me off. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, he does have like depth though. Like I think Alan Lazard on his bench is you know a sneaky good WI one in, in in Green Bay. So I, I think that he'll fill in. He'll be able to fill in his roster no problem. And, and if he can play matchups well, I think you know he'll he'll you know be a strong contender to win every uh, every matchup but depends if the guys he chooses put it together yeah, that week. I think that's that's a good way of putting it for next team. Uh going it to number 7, so this is the end of this tier for me. Uh this is a guy that you're actually higher on me now. So we we're back to you being higher on a guy than I have. I have Tony's team ranked at 7 and you have Tony's team ranked at 6th. Uh what are you seeing on Tony's team that uh gives you uh, a bit of faith there? I need to pull Tony's team up. So Tony's team, uh, I think his his wide receivers really pulled him up. Like Jeff, Justin Jefferson, uh, best one of the best. Him and Cup, best in the league. And then I, I'm really high on Higgins too. Um, and those just those two alone, I think are. Do I have him as the best? I have him as the second best wide receivers in the league. And then I think his um, his running backs uh, are. Decent, like they're not going to be his problem, but uh, I don't think he has a lot of depth there. So um, I don't know. I, di- I didn't see any like major weaknesses with this team. I think I think is what it is, and, and I think he does have some strength with his, with his wide receivers that could win him weeks based on you know you know you've seen Higgins put up forty point weeks before. You've seen Jefferson put up twenty points every week, right? I, and I think those two guys alone can win him weeks, and even Kittle has monster weeks too, right? So. Um, I think he has a pretty pretty high ceiling. Um, so I think that's why I have him like firmly in a playoff spot. I think you and I, I think on this front, disagree most on the running backs because I actually have Tony with the weakest running back core in the league. Like Aaron Jones is obviously a top twelve running back. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to have a ton of usage. He might have like the second or third most targets in like the Green Bay offense this year, just from how he gets used. 
Uh, but after that, it's it's an absolute fucking ghost town. Like I I love Tony Pollard more than probably anyone, and maybe hate Tony Pollard more than anyone. Uh, but the guy is still the backup to Ezekiel Elliott, and all of the Cowboys ownership wants Elliott to be the main guy. Uh, James Cook, I don't have a lot of faith in because Allen's never really been a guy that throws to running backs that much. Maybe it's, you could argue maybe that's because he's never had someone to throw to, but I mean, I don't know how wildly different it's going to look uh, this year for him. And then Madison, again, is just a backup. He's not going to be getting consistent gameplay. Uh, I am. It's going to be real scary, I think, for Tony to kind of put a guy in at RB2 this year. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith in that. And then like Amari Cooper is likely his flex option. Uh, even that should be fine, but there's a there's a pretty dangerous uh, you know connection there with Jacoby Brissett. Like that guy doesn't really float wide receivers very well. Um, you know, again, Jefferson and Higgins definitely can sh- cover up a lot of problems there. Uh, but I'm pretty out on Cooper. I I am way out on his second running back position. And even Kittle, I thought, man, I I don't know how good I feel about Kittle there. Like, obviously, he's got a lot of talent, but he's another guy. You know, I I don't think you should draft based on injury history necessarily, but he's a guy that you got to at least think about because he just seems to be banged up every single year. Uh, Like, what what, what is it that you see? Like, do you just have more faith in Pollard and and, and Cook than I do? Yeah, I I think more so Pollard. I I think based on his his other positional strengths and, and yeah, assuming Kittle stays relatively healthy. Um, I think those can mask his, his flex situation and his RB two to some extent. Like if I ended up in Tony's situation and I had to be starting Pollard, I would feel comfortable with it. Um, I, I think to- Pollard will be better than he was last year, even um, especially with Tyron Smith getting injured uh, or like out for the season. So um, and the talks that Pollard is going to be um, playing uh, with Zeke in snaps as opposed to just breather backing him. So I, I feel like Pollard will be better than people think. Um, and, it, and it kind of explains why Tony took him pretty early in the fifth round, um, where like, a little bit earlier than he normally goes. So I, that, that must be why we differ. I like Pollard a lot more than you, yeah, I think. That's pro- that must be where it comes down to, because, yeah, I don't... I thought that was a big reach. I thought Pollard, I think there were probably, you know, at least six or seven other running backs I probably would have taken before Pollard in that case. And if he had taken one of those running backs, I think I'd feel a bit better about his team. Um, but without that solid, I mean, you know, I've I've gone to uh, semifinals and championships before without an RB2, essentially. So, like, it's definitely a, a playable strategy, but I, I don't know. There's a little bit too much left up in the air for my liking to really feel totally sold on on Tony as a confident playoff team uh and, and with that in mind you know this is where now in my rankings I get to a tier where I feel like we have some confident uh playoff teams here uh and rounding off that tier here uh in sixth position I have me uh now again you're, you're actually higher on my team than I am at least in my rankings because you have me rated fourth in yours I'm rated sixth in my own uh, I mean, I think full disclosure, I think I had myself rated third just before the podcast, but then did some tweaking and brought myself down to six. <laughs> um, but uh, in terms of what I see from my draft, um, I was really, really happy the way running backs played out for myself. I, I think I was talking to you and other folks that I was planning for a scenario where I thought I wouldn't draft a running back until like the sixth round, essentially, because I thought there was just going to be such a 
huge run of them, and we did almost have that. Thank you very much, John, for taking Kelsey. Uh, that that really kind of saved me a little bit there. Um, but I'm really happy with how running back fell to me. Uh, Josh Allen, I think, is great. I uh, wish I had a bit more of a higher upside uh, wide receiver, too, because I think Cooks and, and Juju are pretty, you know, they're pretty locked in as wide receiver twos and don't have much upside there. Uh, and I think uh, you were in the, the chat yesterday. I'm very happy I got Dalton Schultz as a high upside guy in Dallas because, I mean, he sees, he's looking very likely to be the, the second target there for Dak Prescott, at least early on. Um, am I – I mean, I, that all sounded very positive. Maybe I should be higher on myself. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Talk to me. Like, what is it that's – basically, if I look at my rankings, I have myself with the strongest quarterback because Josh Allen is Josh Allen. But then I have myself kind of as with mid-tier in terms of running backs and wide receivers. Like, I have myself rated as, like, seventh best – uh, in our league for both of those things. Uh, is there one in particular there that I should be higher on for myself? Um, I think, so I have you at about like upper mid for running back and like lower mid for wide receiver. So I, I think you're about in, in the middle there. Um, I, I like the top running backs. Um, though I think there's a reason Akers felt and, and there's like a lot of concern now, especially now that we've seen uh, Marlon Mack get, released that you know maybe this achilles thing is going to be a big issue um so if that doesn't plan out for you i think you might be in trouble um especially with penny and his injury history and then um uh what the what's the rookie's guy name i've already forgot his name um yeah kenneth walker coming up behind him so but that said, like, um, you know, Allen is Allen, and I think Kamara will still be really, really good. And you have Adams, who I think is, is still going to be good. And I think I'm higher on Juju than, uh, than you are. Um, you know, I, he's the main wide receiver in the Kansas City offense with Mahomes. Like, I don't see how that's going to go poorly. Um, I think it, he'll be a solid WR2 with, like, very good WR1 uh, upside. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I actually think I am higher on Juju than I think most people are. Like, I I think most folks, uh, I was, I won't say I was surprised that he was there, but I think it might have been seen as a bit of a reach to take him there. But I, I, I agree for the same reasons as you. I think I'm just worried that he doesn't have, like, the low-end WR1 upside. And I don't see Cooks having that either, because, again, he's just like a a volume, like a volume vacuum, basically. He just, like, gets all the, there's no one else to throw to, really, in, in uh, Houston. Uh, so again, I was, yeah, I mean, Penny, I'm, I'm really hopeful for Penny. I'm hoping my best case scenario is that Ken Walker's hernia keeps him out for a long time and he struggles to get back. And then Penny just goes off and keeps up his electric form from the, uh, previous season. And then I'm, I'm looking, I'm sitting pretty with, I think three pretty good running backs there. So yeah, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm deflating myself a little bit, but I, I really did have a hard time rating either of those two groups higher than some of the other groups I see in the league here. Uh, because I think because of keepers and some smart drafting, I think there are some really, really strong uh, running back groups in the league as well as wide receiver groups as well. That's where I think people got the most benefit from their keepers was definitely keeping some really strong wide receivers and some uh, later on in the draft positions. Yeah. And honestly, in this whole conversation, it sounded like we were flipped opinions in terms of like, I was more down on your team than you were, but I still had you higher than yourself. Yeah. So, um, 
like fourth overall, I think you'll 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 be pretty clearly in the playoff race and comfortably. I mean, if everything doesn't explode for you, um, so yeah, I don't think you have too much cause for yeah. concern. Uh, at fifth here, kind of with the fifth best prospects here, we both have the same person here, regardless of our, our rankings here. We both have Andre with the fifth best draft here. And I, I know this is almost exclusively an Andre slander podcast, uh, but unfortunately we have to give some credit where credit is due. We both see Andre as comfortably in the playoff picture. Uh, definitely based off the, the high end uh, kind of at top of the roster guys that he has like Pat Mahomes in the fifth round, I think was a really strong pick. Uh, Derek Henry and Travis Etienne, I think, have the potential to be a really dynamic uh, one-two punch at running back. And then Cooper Cup plus uh, Cooper Cup is going to be great regardless. And then if one of Godwin, Hopkins, or Woods are able to kind of go off, he's he's sitting pretty with a team of pretty big names there. Uh, yeah, like what, what what are you thinking on Andre's team beyond that? Yeah, I mean, more than that, I, I, I think he will struggle early season, um, which is kind of maybe factored into my rankings here. There's a reason why he got the discount on Godwin and, and Hopkins and is because of the injuries and the suspension. But yeah, if those guys come out and play like they, they can play, then he's going to be a scary team in the second half of the year for sure. And does he have a tight end? Oh, he did. He picked up Albert O, who we all said he was going to pick up, I think. Is that is that correct? Yeah. He got Albert O, and then he also has Irv, Irv Smith. Gotcha. Who I think I said he was going to take or should have taken, which I think I think Irv Smith is a good pick. I would have taken Irv Smith ahead of guys like Hunter Henry or even like Pat Fryermuth. Uh, I think that's a good pick. No, I agree. And I, I don't mind his strategy of taking like two of the higher upside tight ends on the waiver wire and then just seeing which one fires probably dropping the other uh, i mean the, the the thing that is probably the biggest question mark like you said is that wide receiver like the second one there because again there, there is a world where robert woods struggles off the acl tear hopkins is maybe a little bit washed after missing a bunch of time odwin struggles to get back in rhythm and tom brady is looking like the 45 year old man that he is at quarterback uh, there's a world where this goes south, I think, for the the wide receivers there. But then you have Cooper Cup, who basically can play like two wide receivers at once and put up that many points. Uh, so it, it does feel like there's a very high floor here uh, for Andre's team to succeed. Uh, this is not even mentioned that Elijah Mitchell, a, prob- a probable top 24 back, uh, is his third running back situation there. Like that's that's a, a really good place to be in. I think I have Andre ranked. Uh, yeah, I have Andre, I think, ranked as the fourth best wide uh, running back core there. A uh, lot of strength there. Just shite tight end. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But I mean, in my opinion, tight end is the thing that you can be the, sh- the worst at and still recover from. Like if you either have the best one or you have the worst one and anything in between is, is not too much of a difference. Yeah, I don't I'm think, right there with you on that. I think he'll recover. Uh, let's go up into the top echelons then. You're you're higher on this guy than I am, but uh, we, we both see kind of some strength here. Uh, at number four, I have Steve's draft. You have Steve at number two. Uh, why don't you go ahead, since you have Steve as the second best draft here. Tell, tell us what you really like about Steve's team. Yeah, I have Steve in like a, a pretty tier, a tier of his own at number two. Um, he... His running, his top end running backs are uh, the best 
if not tied for the best. Um, his wide receivers, A.J. Brown fell to him, uh, which was really good for him. Um, and I think he has, you know, WR2 Mooney is, is serviceable. I think he'll be good as, as the best wide receiver in Chicago. And then the other guys he has behind him, um, you know, London and Ayuk both have high upside. So I, I think he, he might be able to piece together another, like, good wide receiver there. Um, and, you know, Lamar and, and Waller are both top five at their position. Waller being, you know, maybe closer to top four, top top four probably. Um, so I don't see any major holes. And I, and I like his, his running backs pretty, like, on his bench. Like, Stevenson, um, Robinson is a decent flyer, depending, you know, if, if he comes back from injury well and, Pacheco as a dart throw, you never know what happens in, in KC. So um, I don't know. I, I think his, his his upside is is crazy high with, you know, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift is potentially carrying his team. Plus he has, uh, you know, elite tight end and, and the rest of his team is, is pretty good. So I don't know. What do you yeah, think? I think I, I'm with you on a lot of that. Like I definitely John Taylor and DeAndre Swift are probably the best combo in the league. I I, I, I might like. Barkley and Connor a little bit more, and I think I actually might like uh, another combo that we haven't talked about yet a little bit more coming up. Uh, but I, I, I think our major source of difference comes in a couple places. Uh, I don't think I like Waller as much as you do. Uh, there's been there's been some weird vibes around Waller in in preseason this year, like seemingly like he's kind of sitting out a little bit, almost like he's not wanting to play. He wants to get paid, and that makes me a little bit nervous. And then also, you know, Devonte coming in is going to definitely I think snag some targets away from him. So I feel like that maybe he's is he probably is is it more likely than not that he's a top six tight end? I would say it's definitely more likely. Is it more likely that he's you know, four, five, six, then, uh, you know, three, two, one. I think it's way more likely he falls in that range, which I think kind of nerfs him a little bit. And I'm not as high on AJ Brown, I think, as a WR1. I, I think I'm still worried to see what Philly's offense looks like. You know, we talked about that a little bit a while ago. And, I mean, you, you probably don't trade for a guy and then throw, you know, $20 million a season at him to just have him kind of stick around and be a guy. But I, I still want to see what he looks like in that Philly offense before I really kind of have uh, him kind of rated that highly. Um, but there's a scenario where Steve moonwalks to the title and like because everyone has basically uh, hit their their top tier. Like there's definitely that. Like, yeah. And, and the reason I have him so high is because the out, the likelihood of that happening uh, with his players, I think, is, is more likely than than some of the other teams. Yeah, so again, we we both like Steve's team. Maybe you definitely a bit more than I do, but we both see Steve very solidly uh, in the playoff picture. Uh, this is the next guy here is probably our biggest source of uh, difference here. Actually, I don't think we've had anyone else uh, more than four spots apart on this list, or I guess even five spots spots apart. I have this player at third. Uh, you have him at seventh. Uh, let it be known that the Monday Morning Tears cast is a pro-Paul podcast uh, because I have Paul as my third best draft uh, this year. Maybe put that on your team name, Paul. Third best drafted team. Um, Danny, what, what makes you so low on Paul's team compared to how I have him ranked? Because you have him in a whole different tier even than I do. Yeah, I think it comes down to his running backs. Um, I, there's no doubt he has the best receivers in the league like uh, by by far. I think Samuel and even even getting more where he did 
Um, great. Uh, I just don't, I've never really been a fan of Chubb. I know he puts up fantasy numbers, but he he's not a pass catcher, which um, in half PPR is kind of a detriment to him. Um, and then I just, Zeke, uh, I don't know. I, and especially when we got him in the second round, I'm just not, I don't know if he'll be that RB1 he, he has been. Even Even last year, he showed signs of slowing down and I'm just not convinced he's going to, um, you know, step up more than he did last year. Um, I will say I do really like Chase Edmonds, so I th- I think he'll be able to slot in there when he needs to. Um, but after that, I I, um, I also wasn't really a fan of of the depth that he had at all. Like Hubbard and Algier, like not a huge fan. Even Ingram, Landry, Kirk, I de- I like okay, but um, I, I really like most of his starters outside of his RB2. So I, again, I have him in a playoff spot. I think he has a, a, a average to above average team, but I don't think I have him in the top tier like you do. Yeah, I, I think I'm definitely higher on the running backs than you are. And even that said, too, I think I only have him as like the fifth best running back core in the league. But I think there's just such a high floor uh, with Chubb, Elliott, and Edmonds there. Like, I think those... if. To my mind, I think Edmonds might actually be the best value pick in the draft in terms of the guys that went around him. Uh, that that might genuinely be my favorite pick of the entire drafts because uh, I think it's just such a good value compared to where everyone else was being taken around him. Uh, I think Elliott, I mean, obviously there's injury concerns. Obviously there's O-line concerns, but has been a guy that can show out. Chubb, maybe uh, Kareem Hunt kind of hits the bricks, and that doesn't mean Chubb is necessarily going to catch more passes per se, but maybe get some more usage. I just, I think the the wide receivers, uh, you know, with, with more stuck in the flex there, just, just, boosts him hugely and Kyler Murray I think is going to be great Cole Komet shout out the Bears is going to be fine uh I I still see this team in terms of like probability maybe it it doesn't have the high upside maybe of Steve kind of like in my rankings but I think in terms of likelihood of making the playoffs like I I would be shocked if Paul's roster uh doesn't make the playoffs maybe even more so than some of the other guys I just I don't feel like there's a lot of uh it's it's a, it doesn't seem like a risky team. Like I, I feel like sometimes with Paul's picks, there's sometimes some risk attached to them. I I don't really see that much risk. Maybe beyond Elliot for the most part. No, I, I'm with you. Well, Komet, I'm I, I think we'll be okay. I don't, I don't know how, how much I I like him as a fantasy starter weekly. Um, and I think I I might be a little bit more down on Debo than than most people. Uh, I, he had like a crazy crazy year last year in terms and in terms of efficiency, it was like way off the charts. I don't think he repeats that. Um, that said, you know, getting him where he did in the keeper, what if it was sixth or seventh, whatever it was, is still ridiculous value, and I would take that any day of the week. Um, but I, I just I don't know if if Debo carries him um, like he did last year. This is fair. Okay, I see that. I see where you're coming from on that point. I, I do also like Kirk there as kind of WR4 as well. Paul's Paul's a guy who I think could wheel and deal a little bit. I think there's like a deal to be made between Paul and Chris to kind of give up some wide receiver, like one of those like top three wide receivers and get one of those top three running backs there. I think that would make for a, a very spicy uh, trade partnership there. So I think Paul and Chris should get talking. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So we'll see if we see something. Uh, it's coming up. Now we're, to my mind, I have this tier. Uh, I have two people in this tier. Uh, 
Danny, you're not quite as high on yourself here, but I've got Danny. You're my second ranked draft. You had yourself as the third ranked draft. Um, tell us what made you really happy with your draft, because I think you have a lot to be happy about. Yeah, uh, McCaffrey falling to me at two. I say falling. I, I think he should have went one. And I think Steve was leaning him, but uh, he has the highest upside of any running back. I think he can put up twenty plus weeks easy. Um, plus, I have Javante. I, I honestly, I think my, with my team, um, if everything hits, I think I can have the best team in the league. Um, but uh, I'm not sure that the chance of everything hitting is super high in terms of like, you know, avoiding injury for a lot of these guys. Some of the guys that have are injury prone, um, even like, you know, Lamb and Javante, we haven't seen do it over an extended period of time. Uh, even with Williams, he's had really hot stretches and not, um, not sustained over the course of the season. So um, that's why I'm kind of like a little bit, I, I still have myself pretty high because I really like the upside that I have, but um I think there still is uh, some room for me to completely crash this yeah, year. I, I think the only room for crash really is probably in Trey Lance. Like I, that's definitely the highest variance guy on your roster. I think because there's, there's a world where Trey Lance is a top five quarterback, uh, and there is a world where Trey Lance doesn't even start for the Forty ers uh, halfway through the season. Like it's it's that's the the one that's really dicey. I think in my mind. Because I like Lance, I think, more than others. Like In other leagues, I've taken Lance, and I like Lance. But at the same time, he, he is definitely, I think, uh, a guy with a lot of risk attached to him. Um, I, I agree with you to some extent. I, I think the way I see Lance's floor is kind of similar to how we saw um, Jalen Hurts last year. Uh, everyone was commenting last year about how bad Jalen Hurts looked on the field, like watching real-life football. But in fantasy, that doesn't necessarily matter. If you're a rushing quarterback, you can be bad in real life and still put up elite fantasy numbers. And, and, and that's what I think Trey Lance's floor is. Um, though, like what you said, there is a chance now with Jimmy G back that he does get benched. Um, so that is a slight risk. But I think the upside with Lance is... Um, you know, top top three quarterback. If he if he rushes for like forty fifty yards a game, which I think he he can do. Um, so I, I I'm still really happy. Yeah, like I mean, I guess the, I I agree with the Hertz comparison. I think the difference in those two situations is that there was no one behind Hertz who could really kind of step in. Like unless you talk, unless you are really highly rating uh, Uncle Rico out there in Gardner Minshew. Um, but I I again I I'm with you. I really like Lance's upside. I think the running back situation is great. I think Patterson was also sneaky great value kind of at the end of the eighth round. Look, he's going to be a starting running back, and he finished like, you know, 12th, basically. I think he was like the 12th running back last year. I think there's a lot to feel very happy about there. Ertz, you know, he'll be fine probably as long as he doesn't get usurped by like Trey McBride or anything like that. But I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, and then you got Rashad White as there as depth. You got some high upside depth guys there and some high upside backups. Um, this is a team to feel good about. I think you uh, you did really well in this draft, and I I can't even hate. Yeah, you know, and you could probably um, you know draw comparisons to how you feel about your own team. But when you're looking at your own team it's easy to uh, look at all the, the things that can go wrong. Um, so that, that's kind of how I, I look at my team um, a lot of the time. But 
Um, it's it's nice to when people yeah, say nice there things. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> it does always feel nice. Um, and you know, speaking of nice things, this is a this is just nothing but nice things happening for this guy recently. He's he gets engaged. Uh, you know, he's moving out. He's loving his life in Guelph, and now he has in both of our. He's he is the consensus best drafter. Uh, in the league this year, we both have Mikey as the number one team, which, if you remember last year, might seem a bit dangerous because he was considered at the top of the rankings last year uh, and then finished twelfth uh, overall in the rankings. I think in this regular season. Um, <laughs> so, Mikey, maybe take this with a a large, large grain of salt. Um, but to my mind, there is no weakness on Mikey's team. I have him topped out at least as the fifth. I have him fifth best with quarterback, fourth best at running back wide receiver, third best at tight end. Like there's, it's just the most solid, complete roster, I think, uh, in the league this year. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, the way I have him is, is uh, I don't have him at best at anything, but he's uh, at least above, at, no, not, I mean, even more than above average. He's at least like, low high end uh, like very very good at least a seven a one seven i have him as two eights and two nines so like he's very very good everywhere including his depth i really like his bench um and his running backs and his 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 wide receivers um and obviously his tight end so i don't think there's really a weakness on his team there's there's a world where where cook and fournette um you know don't fire because of injury um, but you know that's with anybody, so I can't discount him for that. So I, I really think that Mikey is is in pole position to take a strong lead and um, win twenty bucks every week. Yeah, honestly, like the only area that maybe he doesn't, I don't see like a high end guy at is a wide receiver. But like all of Sutton, Waddle, and Pittman. Like if those if those guys finished like thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen as wide receivers, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. Uh, and like you said, uh, Cook and Fournette, I think, make a really, really potent punch there. Pierce is looking like an even better pick now after that Marlon Mack has been cut. Um, Herbert, Zamir, I think, are great st- bench stashes. Hunter Renfro is still going to get a bunch of targets probably in Oakland. Or sorry, in Las Vegas. Um, yeah, this is just a fucking good team. Like, like you said, it's just solid all around. It's hard to really uh, find anything to poke a hole with it. I think what I think what really really helped Mikey's team was I think he had the best late round running back keeper, like with Fournette in round seven. Um, and I think having basically an RB one in round seven is like so huge. And then him being able to take Cook at you know top of the draft. Um, that really set off his team pretty well, and in, obviously including Pittman. So he he would have to really fuck up the draft to make his team average, and I think he did well in the draft, which kind of solidified him as, as number yeah, one for me. it's almost like he kind of had, like, it's like Chris had, like, the bizarro version of Mikey's draft, where Mikey had a really strong late-round running back keeper and was able to fill out the rest of his team at really strong positions, Whereas Chris also had a really strong late round running back keeper and then just decided to only draft running backs instead. Um, it's like they, they had completely different <laughs> approaches and maybe, you know, his approach is going to prove to be the right one. But clearly both of us disagree with that. Uh, we don't think it was the right approach. Um, but yeah, congratulations, Mikey. You won the draft. 
<laughs> you uh, give yourself a round of applause. You you did it, bud. Second second year in a row, you won the draft. <laughs> As we all know, this literally means nothing. So, um, but Mikey, uh, you know, enjoy it now. Um, we'll see how it goes or it goes during the week. But um, you know, we're all rooting against. Hundred percent. Uh, is there any kind of final part, thoughts or parting shots you want to take here? You know, we've already been here for an hour. You know, people are people are getting tired of hearing our voices back and forth. Any any final thoughts that you want to share on the draft overall or on the uh, the games moving forwards? It's already been an hour already. Holy shit! Um, you know, I I really enjoyed having everyone in the in the draft room. That was really fun. Shout out to everyone that made it. Uh, Tony, uh, you'll never hear this, um, but you know it's hard to be disappointed from you uh, by you every every time. But um, you know you you keep doing it. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a fun year. We, we've made some different changes with the with the weekly weekly payouts. So that'll give everyone a reason to. To, to look at the scoreboard every week, even if you know you already have trounced your opponent. Um, so yeah, I think this is going to be a great week, great Absolutely. great year. I'm I'm very excited for this year. I'm excited to defend my title. Uh, and actually, I'll I'll be having a a, a fun uh, look for everyone tomorrow. I think it will be because I will be getting the the championship trophy back with engravings and all. So I'm excited to share that with all of you. Um, but uh, next week, I think what I'm going to plan to do next week, I'm going to see if I can't get in contact with one of the new guys in the Dynasty League, just so we can kind of keep up a, a weekly basis. And then after next week, we're uh, we're right in the throes of the season. We're weekly, baby. So get your uh, get your manager caps on. Our, the, the waiver wire is already live with cut down day. Uh, so get yourselves ready. And until we're back for week one, keep crying. <laughs>